You know, I mean, I, I do remember when I was not eating well, um, thinking it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Like if you have a piece of pizza or two or six, it just, the effect is the same. Like you're big, you're, you're gonna be bigger. I mean, what's the difference in a way? Um, and it's easy to get in that mindset, I think. That was Leslie Battle, and this is the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. Welcome back, you guys. Episode four, right here, right now, with me and you. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for sharing it with your friends, and thanks for sending us comments, questions, and topics for future episodes. We're going to be coming at you every Friday with a launch of a new podcast. And today's guest is um, pretty awesome, and I, I think that she is... Uh, really representative of what we want to share with you guys on this podcast. People who are living against the grain of society, who are transforming their lives, living in alignment with their purpose, and believing in themselves no matter how hard that is. So today is our friend Leslie, and are you ready for this? She is the 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015 Athena 40 plus USAT national champion in Olympic distance triathlon. She is the 2014 Athena 40 to 55 USAT national champion in sprint distance triathlon and an esteemed member of the 2015 Team USA in standard distance duathlon. And would you guess that at the beginning of her triathlon career, less than 10 years ago, she was pushing almost 300 pounds on the scale. This woman is a competitor and a champion through and through. In this episode, she opens up about her transformation, her struggles with believing in herself, and why she's not afraid to post her fat pictures for all to see. She brings a unique perspective to a sport that I have always felt to be an inclusive, supportive community, but she shows me a different side that many of us have never experienced. Describing her as strong is an understatement. She has faced many obstacles, but somehow she keeps picking herself up and landing on the top of the podium. She is a shining advocate for the Athena competitors, having created an entire online community steeped in support and inspiration. Leslie is an open book and very generous with what she shares with the YT community, and we're grateful for her words as we know she will serve as inspiration for our listeners. So I'm so excited to share her with you today, but first... You know we're going to Lake Placid next month for our training retreat. It's actually like three weeks away at this point. Um, it's going to be even closer by the time this podcast launches. And today what I want to announce is that we are doing a giveaway in conjunction with our buddies over at Lululemon. So if you register for the camp, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes so you can get all the deets on this awesome retreat. But if you register between the launch of this podcast, which is going to be Friday, May 27th, and the launch of the next podcast, which is going to be Friday, June 3rd, if you register for the camp between that time frame, you're going to make yourself eligible to win a Ride the High Vibe t-shirt or tank along with an awesome Lululemon yoga mat and strap combo. 
this yoga mat, I've got this, and so does BJ. And you can stick a down dog on this thing like never before. So get yourself registered for the camp and get yourself eligible for this awesome package. We want to spend time with you next month in the beautiful Adirondacks, and we cannot wait for this retreat. So speaking of not being able to wait for things, uh, without further ado, I want to just usher you right into this awesome episode with our friend, Leslie Bowers. Called the Do the Speedway up in Thompson, Connecticut. So you're on a, a, the so in Thompson, Connecticut, and you're on like a race speedway, like a car race speedway. Yeah, it was fantastic. That's crazy. Yeah. So what are the distances? It was a it was one point seven mile loop. So you ran the same course that you did the bike on. So um, it was one point seven, and then ten point eight, and then one point seven again. And you're doing the whole thing. You're running on the track. You're yeah. biking on the track. It's the kind whole of thing. dangerous, actually. There's a one woman who was 80 years old. I was so impressed with her. She yeah, had, I would think it's dangerous. She had zip wheels, 80 years old. Nice. And she was going, like, I don't know, 12 miles an Love hour. Love her. I want, I'm going to be, she's my, that's the woman I want to be. Totally loved her. But um, <laughs> she was walking the run, but in the middle of the track. And like, we're zipping around like 20, 25 miles an hour, you know. Yeah, how did and, that work? Like, you stay on the inside for the run? You, you know, theoretically, because she was the last one, like, it worked out because of the run and then the, the way the bike most people were done with the run by the time the bikes came yeah. through but the slower people yeah if you're walking yeah they were kind of in the mix of it so I wouldn't have liked that but uh, <laughs> I mean you knew they were there and it wasn't that big of a it wasn't that big of a field so it wasn't that bad so and I know you won overall today um, overall female yes yeah uh, amazing and so as far as like a duathlon for you like time wise or do you it's so hard, I think, to compare race to race because, I mean, you're on a speedway, you can be off trail, you can be, you know, on the road. So for you, like time-wise and things like that, how do you feel about today? Um, well, I had one person in my sights who's, who's a friend of mine, and she had done the race last year and I hadn't done it. I had no, no expectations because I'd never done this race before, and she was the only person I wanted to, you know, quasi-beat. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, she, her time was 56 minutes, and so I came in at 54, so nice. I'm happy with that. When I finished, I had no idea I had I had won the overall. I was happy with winning Athena. I was happy with. I knew there was there was um, I won the forty five to forty nine, and so I was like, well, then I sort of looked. I was like, well, maybe I'm second, like because I thought I was second, and then they called a podium, and I was like, well, wait a minute, that's kind of funny. That's amazing. That's so cool. But this isn't the first race you've won, right? No, it was actually kind of funny though. Both times that I've won the overall. Um, as you know, I race as an Athena, um, and this particular race director today, she does know me, and she's known that I've won things before, but when they called the awards today, they um, had somebody else in first, and I was like, wait a minute, um, I know I was in front of her, and like they, actually, they called somebody else in second, and uh, I thought I had second, and so I asked the race director, hold on the awards, and she, she said, um, oh, I, I was just looking for the first overall female. I wasn't looking for an Athena to be the overall. And so she looked in the results and said, oh, no, you were actually first overall. And so they redid all the awards, and I got the, the medal and everything like that. But it's kind of funny because, um, you know, so we spoke, Jessica, a little bit about um, what it means to me to be an Athena. Yes. And, like, I, I like racing as an Athena to sort of you know, represent – you know, strong athletes and strong women and, 
I have like a, a little hashtag I put on a lot of my um, my posts. It's called "Don't Rule Us Out." Oh, I love um, that because people sometimes look at Athena athletes because again, we're 165 pounds or more. Um, you can be six foot three. You can be you know whatever height you are, but at least you're 165 pounds. But in terms of what a traditional triathlete looks like, no, we don't generally look like that. And so I think it's kind of um, special when you know someone and I'm not saying just for me because there's other people around the country who do the same thing on a daily basis um, that just don't count us out like um, and there's a lot of uh, times that does happen that you, well you it sounds like kind it, of isolated sounds like it was kind of happening today like I wasn't expecting happen. yeah it did yeah. happen today so yeah the first race that I won it happened it was down the Cape and it's actually a little bit more embarrassing like I saw my name at the top of the list and the race director came over before awards and he, he, he called over the PA saying would Leslie Battle come to the awards table before we start awards and I was like gosh what did I do and right. he actually challenged me and said you know did you do the whole course and and things like that and so I, luckily I had my Garmin and Actually, I had, it was, um, you know, I race a lot. So I had done like this, it was a sprint and I ran the sprint on a Saturday and then I ran it again on a Sunday. And um, my time on the Sunday when I won the overall was, a, was an all women's race. Um, it was actually slower than the day before when I ran it as the co-ed race. So, I mean, it was plausible and it was factual that I actually did win. But both times it's kind of like, Eh, kind of puts a tarnish. Yeah, on, well, it on. takes the wind out of your sails, yeah. right? That they yeah. bring, when else? When else would they do that? Like they they wouldn't do that to me. No, that, I wouldn't think that they would do that to no. me. Just a woman racing in forty to forty four, like a small petite woman. So that's really interesting. Like when we were talking last night, you were opening me up to this whole perspective of um, of what it is to race as an Athena, and um, and that there's a whole community of people out there that, you know, and just doing a little bit of research on you that you're considered to be quite an advocate for the Athenas. Yeah, I don't know how that really happened. I started on um, this Facebook page. I want to say this is my seventh year in triathlon, so maybe I started it my second year. And I was looking at the article that was in USA Triathlon Magazine two years ago, and in that article it said that there was 180 members of the I saw, group. I read that article today too, and I thought 180, and then I went and I looked, and it was like over 1,300 There's 1,300 now. women now, and some of my best friends are in the group, and we talk on a daily basis um, about, you know, all things related to triathlon, and, and even not, um, things like... Um, getting respect at the doctor's office when you're a larger athlete and they don't believe you that you're actually an athlete or trying to get support from your, your husband or your relatives when they don't perceive you as, as a legitimate athlete thinking you're going to get hurt or you're going to get sick. Um, it's, to me, it's really important to have that sense of community because I remember when I first started, um, I'll call it this, this go around in sport. Uh, I was an athlete in high school. I, I ran track and such, but law school, college, that all went aside and I gained a lot of weight. So I sort of start my, my athletic career as an adult in uh, 2008. And so I, I ran um, my first half marathon. Um, I just went through a breakup and I was trying to get back to the, the me that I knew before the relationship. And so I went to the gym three times and I said, I can do a half marathon because my, my brain said I could. My body didn't reflect that. <laughs> but how did you, right. So, and we know, I mean, in, in Yogi Triathlete, it's all about the mind, right? Like we can do anything with the mind. We can sabotage ourselves. We can DNF from the mind. We can um, finish the race. We can win the race from the mind. Like, and we always say that every, anybody can get the physical. I really believe that, that people can go out and they can get that physical training in, but it's that, it's that mental discipline. It's that will to set that goal and focus on it and say, I can do that and believe in yourself. Like so many of us, 
we don't believe in ourselves. And I think that you're bringing such a, um, that message so strongly to your group. But my question is like, so you're at the gym and, and um, you had mentioned to me that it wasn't a great relationship that you were in. And I can relate to that. I mean, I, I never, um, I've literally, I had three boyfriends in my life. I married the third. The first one was amazing. And the second one was um, a nightmare, just verbally abusive. And, and so um, to get out of that and to have the strength to walk away from that, and I'm not saying that that's how your relationship was, but you said it wasn't like a great relationship, but to have that strength to walk out of it, then hit the gym, then say, I'm going to do a half marathon. Like, where did the half marathon come from? You know, I honestly, I don't remember. I, I just knew that I wanted to do it. And I remember um, going up to the, the desk to sign up. And I think I signed up the day before. Um, were they running it through like the gym you were training no, this at? No, was, this was the, the Cox Providence um, oh, okay. half marathon. Yep. I, just, I, I don't know why, but I figured, like my mind perceived myself as more fit than I actually was. Because during this relationship, I was sort of diminished. <clears throat> and um, everything that I wanted to do was like, oh, that's too expensive or you're being too extravagant. Yep. So I sort of chipped away at myself who I was. Of and course. I woke up and one day I was not myself. And so this was part of my, I'm getting back to my, who I knew who I was. And so I went and I signed up for this race and the woman at the desk said, well, you want to do the 5K? And I said, no, I'm doing the half marathon. And she looked at me like, what? Now I was well over 250 pounds, you know, I, you know, closer to 300 pounds. Um, so I was determined to make the cutoff it was three and a half hours, and I came in at 3.28. And it was great, and it was not so great. I remember two things. Beginning of the race, um, as I'm walking, jogging by, this guy turns to his, his person who he was with, and he said, gosh, all, all kinds of people do these races. And it kind of fueled me, because I didn't see who it was, but I heard him say that yeah. comment. And then um, at the end of the race, when I was trying to get there for the 3.30 time, there was lots of families there and friends there welcoming and cheering them on. and I looked around and there was nobody there for me and there was nobody and I was just the fat girl who made it to the line and there was no hoorah there was no balloons I I knew I had accomplished what I set out to do but I just felt alone and so the next year I, I started to do um I think I had a friend who had done the Providence triathlon and uh um that said that 70.3 yeah 70.3 mm -hmm. and so I, I sort of piqued my interest but you know I wasn't a triathlete didn't I don't think I even owned a bike um and then I had a bunch of friends who wanted to do a triathlon, a sprint, because everybody was turning 40. And so it just kind of got in my head. But um, my, my whole thing with the Athenas is, like, I felt so alone and so, like, <clears throat> distant, like, so, like, excluded from and you had just done the mainstream. you had just done this amazing thing, um, and that, that support wasn't there for you. Exactly. And so I kind of swore that I would do what I could so that no Athena, no big girl would feel that way and I've even done that like at races I've um like waited to the last person come in oh yeah and I'm saying oh my god you're awesome and they think I'm a freak at first I think and then I tell them about the Athena page and um it's sort of grown by kind of viral and my word of mouth and things like that and there's so many um like people I've gotten to know more so like at, during races but also through Facebook I mean um, one woman I don't, I met her at the Fantastic Nantasket. She just had a baby, and I remember meeting her like <laughs> um, during the race. I was coming up behind her really fast on the bike, and she had this awesome set of legs, and she was like a CrossFitter. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, you have like the best <laughs> legs. And I'm saying this at like 25 miles an hour as I'm passing her, and she's like, well, all the good is doing me because you're passing me like I'm standing still. And so after the race, I waited in a matter, and right. she's great and all that. But um, that was years ago. That was probably you know. 
three years ago or four years ago and I saw her get married I saw her have a baby now and it's just like that whole sense of community um, that you know that you just build and I just I really love that about the sport of triathlon it, I love that about the sport of triathlon mm-hmm. for for me the way I describe it is that it's um, the racers the crowd it's like there's um Oh, the attack cat. What should I do? It's in my... Just push her aside. She's in my lap. Move her on. <laughs> Love it. Just move along, kitty kitty cat, number one. Um, what I love about it is that everybody wants you to succeed. Um, and so I've never seen it from your eyes. And you just, you just painted that picture of me, of, of you finishing the half marathon and I am like I am somebody who will especially at smaller races and especially at the really big races like the the Ironmans like I love going to those midnight finishers that's amazing but I love the community and the support that you get from the fellow triathletes from the crowd and it's like in those moments and as an athlete you fuel so much from the crowd support but I feel like in those moments it shows me who we truly are mm-hmm. which we truly are like this oneness like we truly are in service of each other we truly are there to support each other and that's one thing that I love 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 so much about the sport mm-hmm. and to hear this experience that you had racing as an Athena um, and of course it was like before your dramatic weight loss that you had and I've actually you had posted a picture not too long ago of that and you look completely different Um, but to know that you are you know pioneering and um, and creating this community for people who uh, you know may have had that same experience or helping them to not have that experience by just through the social media support group is so huge what you're doing for the sport. Mm-hmm. And what you're showing me is like your true nature too, which is to be in service, which is to support, which is, you know, to go out and, and have fun and race against your friends and still be friends at the finish line. Exactly. So I don't view it as like my group. I view it as our group, our group and, and yeah. our cause. Um, yeah. Like we've had a lot of challenges like with um, USAT, which is the governing body of um, – of triathlon. Yeah, I was reading a little bit about this that you were lobbying um, for them to that at at the nationals that they had the Clydesdale and the Athenas in the same group, like same starting group or category. Well, what they they did back um, I want to say it's now three years ago. Um, they basically had the Athena and the Clydesdales avail. Um, they were able to compete at age group nationals, and it was just another division. Um, for good or for bad, someone decided to split the Athena Clydesdales into its own nationals, into a separate event. Oh, a separate event. So okay. it's at a different time. It's at a different place. Um, there's a lot of, um, at least to the first go around, there was a lot of different inequities. For for example, um, in 2014, I believe, I, um, I won the sprint and the Olympic distance um, national champions. But this, for the past couple of years, they run the events at the same exact time. So you can't double up you can't double dip um and any other um age group you can go to long course nationals you can go to sprint nationals you can go to olympic nationals and you have opportunities to race at every distance um, and win a national title as you should as you should but um that's not available to athenas and clydesdales um there's other things that you know we we had gone back and forth and i'm not saying that i'm not appreciative of what usat has done to try to elevate the presence and the recognition of athena and clydesdale athletes but it's it does a little bit appear as an inequity. For example, in, I want to say it was 2013 in Wisconsin, um, 
when I was going up to get my um, award, a woman said, oh, good for you. She said, uh, do, do Athena's, do you guys run the same distance that we do? And it's sort of, again, it puts like a whole big damper wow. on like your, you're like, I really just earned a national title and and you're asking kind of me disrespecting if I, me. Yeah, you know, you're asking and, me if I did the whole course. Yeah, so it's, it's just the perception and that's why um, some of the other hashtags I kind of threw out for um, that people use all the time now. It's um, one is Athena Pride, and the other one is Athena Strong. Yeah. Um, and it really is. It's about respecting yourself and getting respect from others because a lot of times people, you know, will look down at um, Athena as you know not you know not relevant, and it's it's it is relevant. I mean, of course, there's it's more people who are. Um, you know, the average size woman is a size 14 in the United States, whether you're athletic or not, it's a size 14. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, you know, challenges that, that we face, but I mean, I think, I think the tides are changing a little bit. I mean, again, we've grown to, you know, 10 times in the past two years and there's plenty more people out there who, you know, just probably aren't even aware that we have a very cohesive little group. Um, yeah. I mean, and when I look at, um, when I'm at like the half Ironman and, and Ironman distance, which is primarily the races that we go to, um, I want to say some of the largest growing population are, you know, people who are going through major life transformations, who are losing a lot of pa- uh, weight, who just lost a lot of weight, and they're coming to fulfill this life's dream. And so you would think, and I don't know the numbers on it. I don't know if you know the numbers on it as far as like how it's growing or anything. But I mean, it's it seems to me that especially at these bigger, longer distance events, I'm seeing more and more and more of people that don't have that quote unquote perfect triathlon, you know, body type. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's kind of funny though. I mean, I, again, this is my seventh year, and yeah, I've lost a hundred pounds, blah blah blah. But it's taken me a long time to accept that, you know, this body that I'm in right now, maybe this is as good as it gets. And you know what? That's not so bad. Like, no. I mean, I I do what I need to do, I'm competitive, and again, don't count us out. And I think for a lot of people, they look at larger athletes as, oh, they're on a weight loss journey. Well, no, they're, they're just athletes, just like you and yeah. me, and their body is just the way it is. Maybe you know that person, that athlete, is content at 200 pounds. Maybe that's as, as fit as they're going to get. That's just the way it is, and yeah. that's okay. And I think greater understanding and um, acceptance of that needs to be um, had. I remember I was going to, um, when I went to look for a tri bike, the first store I went to was a local bike store and I was looking at it was a Cannondale Slice and I didn't know anything about bikes. I was just interested in looking and um, the clerk had said to me, well, are you sure you want a triathlon bike? You really need a strong core for that. And I'm thinking, I have money to spend. I came into your store telling you I want a triathlon bike and here you're trying to convince me out of it. I'm doing triathlons and I need a triathlon bike. Right. So I end up going to a different store completely um, Again, but it's 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 those little things that are transformative in your head that um, just it, again it's it's endemic around the whole industry of sport that people just don't think that um, you know Athena Clydesdales are relevant and it's it's it's, it's maddening. And I was at the um, this was in Arkansas the the national championship and uh, you wouldn't hardly know it was a national championship by the lack of fanfare, lack of signage, lack, lack of anything now is this the national championship that was just athena and clydesdale it was but it's it's run as part of they're usually run as part of another event so for example like um you have a regular local triathlon and then okay. they tack on athena clydesdale too. yeah it's i, I just want to just stop here for one mm-hmm. second what 
is the um, response from USAT for why they separated it? Because that just doesn't even seem to make any sense to me. We heard a lot of reasons, and we went back and forth um, with uh, you know a lot of you know leaders, we'll call them in, in yeah. the Athena Clydesdale uh, ranks, and um, they came up with a lot of reasons. They were saying greater visibility, um, you know, greater you know, res- and is their version of you know we're trying to make it more welcoming. Um, one of the other things they had mentioned was. Uh, that you can't race at an ITU race if you, um, as a Clydesdale or an Athena, which is true. They don't have Athena Clydesdale at ITU. But my one of my points was that unless you race at both events, um, the age group nationals and Athena Clydesdales, as an Athena Clydesdale, you will never get the chance to qualify for Team USA unless you go to age group nationals. Um, winning the overall at Athena Clydesdales is is fantastic it's kind of the end point but it's the end it's the end so what i actually i was annoyed at the presumption that no athena or clydesdale could qualify for team usa which i know is untrue i'm not the only one who's done it it's just kind of um lack of acknowledgement on certain people's part so last year so getting back to greater visibility tell me about this race (laughs) so it was in minnesota i believe um i went to for um the nationals for duathlon and i really went just to prove a point that as an athena i could qualify for team usa and um i ended up coming in 12th place and qualified for team usa nice and, and ended up going to adelaide um australia last year which i hate traveling more than anything but i really wanted the people at USAT to see my face with my Team USA kit with my name written on the back to say, here I am, like you know who I am, and I am here on your precious Team USA um, as an Athena, and I'm representing. Now, I didn't have the best race. I was sick, but it doesn't matter. Like that's, mm-hmm. again, don't count us out and give us the opportunity, and that's why I think it's 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 kind of a disservice to have the two separate national championships. Like. Again, triathlon is an expensive sport. There's no other age group. Like you don't take the 80 to 84 um, age group and give them their own national championship and say, well, you can't qualify for ITU unless you do two races. You have to go to Colorado and you have to go to you know Burbank. I mean, like no one else has to do that, but we do. And fortunately, like for someone like me, I've actually have experienced age group nationals. I've experienced Athena Clydesdale nationals. Um, There's differences. Yeah, Uh, there's differences. Um, But uh, you know, I think having a a voice, um, being polite, getting understanding um, and acknowledgement is, is important. Um, and I think that it can only, in the end, do us well. Um, and you had mentioned, um, I'm not sure if it was, yeah, I think it was when we were talking on the phone last night about, and it might even be this race that you were just talking about, but just like the signage was very little to none. And, and so that this, so getting back to that, like, you know, we want to give you greater visibility. It seems like at that race specifically that the, you maybe you wouldn't have known that this this championship was happening. You wouldn't have known it was a national championship at all. Now, for example, in Arkansas, um, I think I mentioned that, that we were walking to the start and the race director or the announcer oh, yeah. had said, um, oh, there goes the Athenas and the Clydesdales. We think they're going to have a ton of fun. And it was just so degrading. And so insulting. Like, here we are. This is the, the cream of the crop. We've come here to race. We've paid our money. We've paid our dues. We've, you know, we deserve the respect as any other national, um, you know, 
contender for a national title. You don't deserve to be belittled. Now, USAT did a good thing because usually they have two-year contracts, and that particular venue they didn't go back to, so they went to Michigan. And Michigan was a little bit better. Um, I mean, um, that's where it is again this year. Um, but again, things like uh, when they announced the awards, the Athena Clydesdales are usually last, but this is a national championship. You should make fanfare about this. These are right. It should go first, and because that's what it is. Like it should have banners. It should. You should have balloons like they do. At um, like even duathlon national championships, there was banners. There was balloons. There was finisher medals. We didn't get finisher medals. Um, at wow. At, yeah, and there was. I don't even. There. I, don't wanna... I think. I think there. Um. <laughs> All of this, for whatever reason, because I always believe that there's no mistakes, right? That all of this has been divinely gifted for this particular group of people to literally make you Athena strong. I mean, because it takes like a strong backbone to just keep moving on. Um, when you hear things like that, like, oh, they're going to have a lot of fun there. Like, you're just going to bob around in the water. When, when what we're talking about is a national championship, and this is the best of the best and the fittest of the fit. It's just a number. It's the, it's the number on the scale that puts you, just like the number on my birth certificate puts me in a certain age group. Exactly. So I don't want to say it's all bad. I mean, I think, no. I think UST is doing a, doing a, a good enough job um, with just awareness, just even having the issue on the table. You know, I mean, so I think that's progress. Yes. But I think um, grassroots, I think it's very more important to have the athletes themselves believe in themselves and become their own best advocates. Like things that, I, that drive me nuts when people say, oh, I, I got fourth place or I got third place. No, you earned third place. You yeah. worked just as hard. It's And then people will say, oh, well, there was only three people in my division. Well, okay, nobody needs to know yeah, that. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. who shows up at, ra at the race is who you're racing against. Mm -hmm. It's not the, well, this person could have come and they w they did it last year and they were faster. So if they were here, I would have lost. And that's like this self-sabotage. I see it in it's all ages. Uh, it it yeah. drives me nuts. I, I, it's like I celebrate that, what you did exactly. right now in this moment with who was available for you to race against. Exactly. People don't remember where you place. Like your friends who don't do triathlon, they'll say, how'd you do? And you say... I really, you know, I messed up my transition <laughs> or I didn't do X, Y, and Z. If you come in and you say, you know what? I raced to the peak of my training and I earned second place, Athena. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. Your friends will remember your exuberance. They'll remember your pride in yourself. They'll remember your hard work and achievement. And they'll tell their friends, I have a friend who's a triathlete and she just came in second in a race. Isn't she awesome? Yeah. But if you come in with like, I remember it was uh, Bill Cosby. He was talking to his um, daughter and it's a Bill Cosby show, okay? Um, and she was hiding her relationship um, with this guy and then she finally told him and and she's like but don't you love him can't you love him now and she's he said no listen you could bring me the biggest juiciest steak onions on a plate with potatoes it could be savory be delicious but you serve it up to me on a, a dirty lid of a trash can and that's how I'm going to remember it it's going to always be tainted by that trash can so what I I say is embrace your you know your performance like you embrace yourself like I you know, I ran that 11-minute mile. That was my first 11-minute mile, and aren't I fantastic? Don't compare yourself to somebody else because that, it's irrelevant. Like, if you that, if that was your PR, that's fantastic. Yeah. And you should own it and have everyone be like, yeah, that's awesome because it, it's it's all relative. I mean, it's all relative. And it all, it's all meaningless, mm -hmm. too. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a hobby. I mean, really. Right, nobody's paying you to do it. I always really? say that. Nobody's paying me to do it. In fact, I'm paying a lot of money to do it. Yeah. And anytime I would, you know, finish 
any race if, you know, I kind of looked at, and living in Boulder, so we lived in Boulder, and I was always the slowest. I was always the slowest. I mean, it was, I mean, I, you know what, I'm not going to say that. I wasn't always the slowest. I wasn't the last person to finish the race, but out of all of our friends, you know, I would get whooped all the time, and I would really kind of beat myself up about that inside, and I remember a time where I, I just remember saying I would give anything to run in the single digits. Right, and so then once you once you get that landmark, and now you're like, okay, you're running nines, you're running eights, whatever that looks like, and then you maybe don't have a great race, you don't run as fast. I'll always like as soon as my ego wants to come in and beat me up, I always remember that. Like remember that time, and remember how that how how big that was to just run under ten minute miles, like, and never forget like that. This is all hard work and discipline. And it's not just that race day. It's like saying no to all those obligations, you know, things or social things. Or we always call it like we go into a social coma. Like just nobody's going to see us. Bless our families because they hardly ever see us when we're in training. And it's just all that discipline and everything that goes into it. So I think for a fellow triathlete to hear another triathlete say that, um, for me, like when you say like it's, I got second place, like for me it's when people say, oh, it was just a sprint or it was just yeah, a 5K. I'm like, right. that does not matter at yeah. all. Are you kidding me? Like, Sprints are harder. Oh I'm my sorry. gosh, they are so much harder. <laughs> so much harder. I'm like, every, anytime I'm doing like a error. 5K, I'm like, I just wish I was running a marathon right yeah. now. Yeah. Like at least I could go. It's the different kind of hurt. It's that hurt in the center of your chest where you're like, I don't think I can get the breath in, but you're still pushing as hard as you can. There's mm-hmm. nothing about that that is mm-hmm. just a 5K or just a sprint. Mm-hmm. I have the fortune of working with um, Amy Rice, who's my coach right now. And, yes, and, I know um, Amy. I've met her. She came to my yoga class before. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, she makes me do yoga, which, you know. I love it. Yes, <laughs> I remember um, she was, um, when I was a massage therapist, she was coaching a client of mine. And my client said, oh, yeah, my coach wants me to go to yoga. And I was like, who's this coach? I want to meet her. And anyway, she came to my class one day and introduced herself. So it was really nice to meet her. And I just thanked her for that because I think that that yoga is, is so important. It's like the one-stop shop. You get the mental, you get the physical, you get the relaxation, you get everything. It's so important for triathletes. Yeah, I'm not a fan of like the hot, sweaty kind of. That's, yeah, that's the stuff I teach. <laughs> oh, so the pools and pools of yoga. But I mean, I mean yes. it has its time and a place for everything. And again, I'm. I guess type A, not used to not being good at something. And so it's oh, and that yeah. whole thing with yoga is just me and just, and then there's there's no balloons at the end. It's just kind of oh. namaste. Yeah, namaste. <laughs> there's there's no end point to that practice. Yeah. It's a life practice. And when I tell my students that, you know, it's not the pose, I could care less what your pose looks like. You know, as long as you're safe and I'll, I'll look at your body and make sure you're safe. It's about... Can you be messy in that pose? Can you not really know what you're doing in that pose and be okay with it? And that's, that's where the yoga is. It's that contentment in all things, which I think is so important to take onto the race course because there's times on the race course where you're in pain, like physical pain, and how can you just be okay with that? Just letting that sensation move through your body and watching how the mind wants to label it and say, oh my God, this hurts so bad, this hurts so bad, which is not helpful. It's not helpful. Yeah. Well, one of my mantras is, is run faster, done faster. <laughs> yeah, run. I love that. Run faster, done Which, faster. Uh, Amy doesn't really love that one, but um, <laughs> she's been really good for me. I remember, like, I think I, I posted something on Facebook that um, I just need to, if I could swim, then I could be dangerous. And she reached out to me and said, well, I can teach you how to swim. And I said, well, many have tried, many have failed. 
So we've been together, I want to say it's probably been like a year and a half now. And uh, I'm swimming. Um, I'm, I think I'm stronger in the swim. Um, so I mean, I give her a lot of credit. I give her a lot of patience because I'm not an easy person to, to uh, coach. I'm kind of I would have said I was uncoachable, but what she has done, I mean, she's very intimidating. She's very, you know, well accomplished. And she's, she's hardcore. She's very hardcore. Yeah. She's very demanding. I think she's good for you. But I do, I do like it. She's not for everybody, but um, mm-hmm. if, if I think you have to click with your coach. And, oh gosh, and, yeah. Yeah, and so with her, I think it's it's just fantastic. And there's certain things that I remember about, um, like in terms of we're talking about feeling the hurt, like when it hurts, kind of yeah. thing in a race, and you just and have it, to push and, through that. And I remember once we were running on the. Uh, I think it was the blessing of the fleet. I think that was last year or maybe the year. I think it had been last typically, year. Typically, at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, typically like super humid, yeah. just sticky mosquitoes. Tons of people. And, and yeah. You fight the traffic to get there. <laughs> totally. So, we, so she said, we're going to run this together. And I'm like, oh, God, I really I, – she's – I just don't want to do this. And she said, we're going to run together. So we're running and she's, slow down, slow down, slow down. And so we get to mile um, eight or Oh, something. she's pacing and you. so we're doing like, we're doing like eight minute miles. So sub eight and eight minute miles. And she's like, okay, if, if you think you can beat me, go now. And I'm like, what? And she's like, I'm like, I'm not going to beat world champion Amy Rice. She goes, well, if you think you can beat me, go now but don't let me catch you. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I took off and I was like, oh my God, she's coming behind me. But like, it's honestly like the the best coaching because like she knows what gets my goat and she knows what oh, gets yeah. me to, to go. You That's know? what it's so, all about. Like and, um, knowing how to push those buttons yeah. and then seeing what your athlete's mm-hmm. made of. Mm-hmm. It's so important mm-hmm. to have that click. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had said that you were, you would consider yourself uncoachable. Why? Um, well, for my, my first Gosh, I would say my first hundred triathlons, I coached myself and uh, did pretty well. And so, so is this your first coach? Yes. Oh wow! Yes. Great. Yes, and I'm not really. I, but um, it's hard to give up that kind of control. Mm, um, yeah. So, um, we we do have our differences of opinion. Um, I think I'm still racing more often than she would like, but uh, you race a lot. I do. I, I was looking fun. at your, I mean, just this year alone, you've done like nine races already. Really? Yeah. I was looking at your athletes oh, today. Oh. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh my God, she hits every, like, first of all, you're so hardcore because you're racing in the winter in New England, which I know everyone's like, oh, but it was a mild winter. But to me, 40 degrees is not, that's not warm. Like, I'm, this is a girl that's moving to California. Like, I want to yeah. be warm. Well, um, I had signed up for that. It was the, uh. Martha's Vineyard 20 miler last year and we had a really horrible winter so that, oh, was, that was canceled it was so brutal last so, winter and I really 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 wanted to go I had a great reservation at a hotel and so um, I said well I'll just do it again this year and so that means you have to train through the winter and then this year they actually scaled it back down to 16 miles we had a storm it was freezing it was like yeah I was, remember that so yep so was, oh gosh I remember that yeah. that's right yeah it was but I had trained for a 20 mile and Amy's training for a 20 mile means you train more than 20 miles you don't go 15 you do 22 right so and so I, I was like kind of disappointed and she said well just do a marathon and I'm like oh. and I had done the flying pig last year and it was my first marathon outside of an Ironman and um, I wasn't serious about qualifying for Boston at all. I just wanted to, I wanted to beat Oprah, which was like a 429.40 or something like that. And like, I kind of, you're knew, like, you're going down Oprah. <laughs> well, I kind of knew, I mean, I've already beat Amy Rice. <laughs> no, watch out sister. <laughs> no, it was kind of like a tongue in cheek thing because like my, my half marathon pace, I would have been on pace for, for Oprah, but it's kind of a thing to, to beat Oprah. So I ended up getting sick in that race. And so I ended up having, it was like a 358. And so I missed Boston 
in my first marathon by three minutes. Oh and so gosh. it was kind of in the back of my head thinking, yeah, maybe on a good day you qualify for Boston, but it wasn't, it's not really a goal. I'm not a runner. Um, I don't view myself as that. I'm not a marathoner. I'm like, so I think with uh, anything sub four, <laughs> you're a runner. Yeah. I mean, so. I think anybody that finishes a marathon is a runner for sure. Yeah. But you but, just be cued at the Providence marathon. Yeah. And I got to say like of all my races and I think, I don't know, on athletes, I got 260, 270 races. I don't know. And again, I've won, I've lost whatever, but that race, it meant so much more to me for having not done as well as I wanted to the year before. And I kept looking at my watch, doing the math, thinking, oh my God, you could walk at this point and you're still going to make it. And oh like, I was so emotional at the end. I just was like, you're the fat girl because that, that race, the Providence marathon, the Providence half marathon was the first race that I was telling you about where I you know, went to the gym three times, 328 was my, my time. And I'm, I'm almost 20 minutes short of cutting my half marathon and, and you know wow. doubling it you know what I mean for the yep. marathon and the half marathon so I guess you know I, I shouldn't put that out to the universe but like that would be awesome to have that as a like a real to like run a 328 marathon and is that what you're saying like well, yeah because you did that first half marathon in 328 yeah so I was at 349 so it's really it's not that far it's kind of an aggressive goal I can't imagine but again I was talking to my coach Amy this afternoon and um after the speedway I think I was looking at my watch and it was like some 657s and I was like, my, I think my pace was like a 703 or something. And she said to me, well, did you, did you ever think you were going to be running seven minute miles? And I'm like, well, no, but yeah. that's just because now Amy's funny. She has two dogs and um, we have track workouts and uh, she brings the dog. And my joke is that she makes the dogs chase us. That's why people that she coaches are fast. <laughs> and there's a drone in the air and the drone dive bombs us and makes us run faster. But but it's been, it's been. Yeah, I don't think anybody needs to be doubting you as an <laughs> Athena running, doing some 657s today. That's well, amazing. Well, I, I, I couldn't believe it myself. I looked down, I'm like, oh, your garment's not working. Your garment, it has to be. So at the, um, yeah, I know, we want to question it, right? The garment, which we want to question, like, if it makes us look like we're going too fast, if it makes it look like we're going too slow, like, we always want to question it. But it's like the data is the data. This thing's yeah. coming off, bouncing off a satellite. Um, so at the, Bos at the Providence um, Marathon, did you go into it wanting to? qualify for Boston? Amy did. I did not. I was just, I just want to redeem. I wanted to finish healthy because I, I got food poisoning in, at the flying pig. And so I really was just like, oh, oh, I just want to, yeah. And it was like downhill from mile 14. And so whatever, but I, um, I, that was my only goal really. And like Boston, I was like, that's just not, that's people, other that's people. for runners. That's for other people. I've watched the Boston marathon. I go up every year and watch it at Wellesley, which is where I went to school. Yeah. And I've watched a million people and I never, ever thought that I would do it. Um, myself, like maybe as a charity spot, but like I really would, I wasn't really that interested. So what in was that. like, what was that day like? Did you just feel great? Did you feel like it was one of those days where everything aligned or, you know, it was funny because I got to like mile, um, I want to say it was 14 or so. And my training partner, Mona was there, which, um, meant the world to me. She had, she had her daughter and her stepdaughter were there and, uh, they had little signs made for me and it was just fantastic. We used to train together all the time and, and the family thing, you know, but it made so much to me to have her at the halfway point. I was like, Oh my God. So after I saw her, it was like one of my fastest miles. <laughs> I had of this, course. This boost. Again, I, like, I thank her you know, beyond. It yeah. Just, again, going back to like that crowd support, it's unbelievable yeah. how much you can pull from them. So anybody yeah. who's out there, who's ever supported at a race, please go back because it gives so much to the athletes. Yeah. Yeah. I really, at the very end, I was, screaming out loud like I had never vocalized I was like oh my god this is happening I was actually saying that and people are looking at me like I was an insane woman like <laughs> but I really didn't care and I was like I just qualified for Boston and they're like 
like so <laughs> I'm like you don't get it like this is my it wasn't my dream like it was never my but dream. it was the thing that you never really even considered yeah. or like yeah like it was yeah. yeah it still shocks me like even today like when they said I was first I was like no really really and like it it never gets old but it it I never it surprises me yeah um, every time and I can think that as much as I try to support other people um you know in terms of respecting yourself and like acknowledging yourself and your strength and things like that I struggle with it as well because you're like, like I'm like whatever you know and yeah like we want to dim it down like oh you know but it was just a duathlon or you know like why do we do that to ourselves and I think that I mean I know why it's it's just the ego that wants to, it's the like it's the one that wants to dim it down but it's also the one that gets us to be like okay just a little bit harder I'm going to pass that person and then I'm going to be in first place like I you know so it's it yeah. comes in the front door comes in the back door you got to watch it you got to be on like high alert for that thing because it's the one that's going to push you down at the end it's the one that's going to pat you on the back yeah um so yeah so during that marathon was there ever a time like I mean they talk about the wall at mile 18 they talk did you or did you just feel good were you just like when did you realize that you were going to qualify for Boston um I think it was like mile 20 or so and I which like, is when the race starts yeah maybe like maybe <laughs> 21 22 it was like 16 I felt pretty bad I was like ugh. like actually 16 I was like I didn't feel bad I felt like I should sprint because it's only it's only 10 more miles and I felt like oh my god that's like an hour and a half like I felt like I needed to like hold myself back and then like mile 19 you're like oh god thank god I didn't start to sprint because, right like, it's setting in right now <laughs> yeah then the wheel the wheels start to loosen yeah, yeah it's because yeah. you know you're yeah. like I've got to keep yeah. holding back I got to keep holding back because that last 10k is where it's at and like yeah. when you cross the finish line like the wheels should be yeah. falling off yeah and I, I pretty much held the pace. I mean, I think um, I, my last, when I was looking at my watch and doing, you know, you know, do the crazy math, they're like, oh my God, I, I, I could do 11 minute miles and still qualify. Wow. You know? I was like, wow. And I actually kind of slowed down towards the end and um, I was like doing like nines or 930. Just to like, soak I was it like, up. Like, yeah. Well, not really. I was just, I just, I didn't have to run that fast anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was kind of like, you're going to be okay, you know, and it doesn't really, like you're not going to win your age group or anything like that. It was just kind of a, you know, I shouldn't say that because now Amy's going to make me run another one. <laughs> she knows what you're capable. Of. She knows better than you what you're capable of. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So you said um, you do race a lot, and um, I can see that as a coach, you probably doesn't agree with how much you race. So, what is your like? How do you race so much and recover and still train? Like, especially when you're getting into the summer season and, yeah. like, sometimes you're doing races Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, maybe the next weekend you're popping into one, too. Yeah. So these are hard. So even if they're shorter distances, that's still a major tax because it's a hard, hard effort. Yeah. So how do you – so <laughs> are you still figuring this out? Like, no, what's your recipe? Like, what – how do you – how do you recover well? You know, like, even when I was coaching myself, um, I would go out and do a sprint as just like the warm up, and then um, I would go like do a sixty mile bike ride, um, or do a half marathon, finish that, go eat something in the car, and then go do a sixty mile bike ride. Just, I, I'm just, I kind of used to it at this point, and so like, days and you off, do just love to race. I do. Like, there's something. It's weird. I don't know what it is. Like when I finished today, I was like did I do all the laps like I know I called out because you had to call your number out every time they would write it down I'm like okay like I was fast but d like did I did I skip a lap or something like how does that happen I'm there's something like another Leslie 
Do, do you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, There's I think like I do know you. Else. It sounds like you kind of hit a, hit into like a flow. Like you get into like a flow when you're racing, like where you're, um, and maybe I'm just assuming, but like a flow state, like the way that's kind of defined is when your awareness is merged in with the activity and you're just fully there. And that is where um, the best athletic performances will come from because you're fully available, all of you, your mental strength, your physical strength, everything is aligned and like you have all of your faculties going in the right direction. And there's no other time that you are more powerful than you when you're in a flow state. Um, so there's something that happens to you when the gun goes off that you kind of move into this yeah, because I, I could have like a warm up run, and you'll be doing like ten thirty. So you're like, oh, this how is I can't run any faster than this. Like, oh, I hate the warm up run like oh so my. much that I'm like I can't even do the warm up run. Or like if you have to do like strides or some kind of sprinting, and you're just like, oh, I feel yeah, stiff. Yeah, I, mean, I do it like the dynamic stretching. I do what Amy <laughs> yeah. says, but like I'm Good. thinking like, oh, this is like I'm never gonna be able to run. Um, you're you know, doing fast. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, it was like this morning, my, my warm up was like, you know, 10 minute, not 10, 15. So I'm like, oh, geez. And like, even the bike, I did two laps of the, um, the course before the race started. And I was doing like, you know, 17, 18 miles an hour. And then the gun goes off and I'm running 657s and biking at 23 miles an hour. I, it's like, who is that person? I don't, don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> and when you train, do you, um, and I, I still want to get to that recovery piece, but when you train, do you train at those paces? No. Not always. I, I do what Amy yeah. says. Exactly. So. Yeah. So you save those for like real specific stuff, track, things like we that. We try. I, she always tells me I go too fast, which again, I work at home. I'm a lawyer. I've got things to do. Like, I, I, you know. You're not doing, laying around on the couch. Yeah. So I mean like a long, slow run before work, like 10, 12 miles, like that's. And I think at the end of the day, I need to look at it thinking, okay, she's asking you to run 20 seconds slower a mile at the end of you know, 10 miles. You're really only talking what two minutes or something right. like that. So just chill. Do you feel like you've slowed a little bit because of her guidance or do you feel like you're kind of the same as when you're coaching yourself? No, definitely faster. No, I mean, as far as um, when you go out and train. Like you said, she wants you to be I never trained. I honestly, I never like when I even like I've done like maybe thirty-five half marathons. I don't know how many I've done with her. I never ran more than six or seven miles. And like, yeah, I was doing fine. I was winning, you know, races and things like that. But I never, I never trained like that. And so, like even still, like like hill repeats and all this crazy stuff she has us doing. I'm like, okay. I mean, I ran track. That was different than what she has us doing now. Right. But um. No, it's completely different in terms of like recovery. Um, yeah, like how did you how did you recover from your race today? I went for a twenty mile bike ride. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, but she knew about that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Was that like a hard ride or just kind of a steady? Okay. Well, what was it supposed to be, Leslie? It was supposed <laughs> to be a recovery ride. But see, the thing is, like, if there's somebody ahead of me on a bike, it's going down. It's race day. It's going down. <laughs> so yeah. Um, there were a couple people out there, so I mean, but I, it was it, an amazing day. It yeah. was supposed to rain all day. It was really yeah. beautiful today. Yeah. So it wasn't again. It wasn't the twenty-three miles an hour, but I mean, riding in your neighborhood with you know dogs right. and things. I mean, it, it is yeah. what it was. It was fine. Yeah. Um, but so I have an off day tomorrow, so that will be my recovery. They probably have yoga tomorrow. I haven't Good. checked the schedule. Where do you practice? I <laughs> practice very much <laughs> at um. It's a laughing elephant. Right there oh, yeah. I've heard really good things yeah. about that. Oh, they're right down the street. Yeah. Oh, cool. I want to yeah. check them out before we go. I like the atmosphere. I mean, my gym has um, 
yoga and I went to the well, studio. Like, it's, in a, it's in like a huge gymnasium and it's just yeah. Not, the I don't studio get atmosphere cozy. is nice. Yeah, I like the. Uh, they have like the little candles and little Buddha. I, I need all that. Yeah, and it's <laughs> nice to get. Into, yeah, it's nice to get into the space and when they set the environment. Um, those things can help for sure to kind of just and the people get there you are in. Nice too. Yeah, I hear really, really good things about them. The yeah. Laughing elef- Elephant. I'm gonna have to check it out. And what kind of yoga is it? Is it like a Hatha practice? Sounds- you know, I it depends on what which days that Amy tells me to go. Yeah. Whatever class they offer is what I do. Good. And so it once- doesn't matter. It's all yeah. helpful. Yeah. It's a, the the teaching is the same. Um, uh, you know, if you if you look at like the Yoga Sutras, which is like the Bible of the yoga, I mean, the the definition of yoga pretty much is, um, you know, the modifications or the cessation of the modifications of the mind stuff. So it's like it's finding that neutral point amongst all the fluctuations of your mind. So the the science is the same, the practice is the same. It's just the physical postures mm-hmm. can be different. Some are more alignment based. Some are more, um, you know, still and holding the poses more restorative i love restorative yoga too i mean i it's teach like, i'm a the power one you fall asleep on the floor with yeah. the, the bolster <laughs> yeah exactly you just you have all these like pillows and you're like nap time yeah but um, i teach heated power vinyasa which i get a lot of type a's there who want to like do it right they want to do it fast you know and so but what i do in my classes is um I take them up a steep curve, like I get them like going, 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 and then I take them down a steep, steep descent. So the yin portion is like I've got them holding the pose as long. I try and keep that like a good portion because a lot of, a lot of power classes I I'll go to like it's seventy five percent of like the power, 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 and then at the end, which is really what I think the athlete needs, is that stretching, is yeah. that like lengthening, and I love the heat and the steam because it just opens your body so much. I love yeah. it. But um, but I can't when I'm in training. I can't always do a, a power class. Yeah, I mean, rarely, especially if I'm in the peak of my training, can I go in and like really hammer out a, a power class. So I'll modify, which is really devastating to the ego, or um, or I'll go to restorative. Um, have you ever heard of yoga nidra? No, it's like the yogic sleep, which um, oh, I probably would be good at that. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. There's a couple times that I actually fall asleep, um, but it's. What I've seen is like 30 minutes of yoga nidra can be equivalent to like three hours of quality sleep. So this is like my new favorite for triathletes and athletes in general because we ask so much of our bodies. And a lot of times you're a lawyer, you're training, you're racing a lot. You know, not a lot of time to just lay on the floor and do nothing or take longer naps or get that sleep that you need. So this is a great way to rec- recover the body. And yeah. um, there's there's even like on YouTube, like there's like 15 minute. I'm, I'm never like above just doing like a YouTube yoga nidra. It's just you lay down basically and you just listen to the instruction of the um of the teacher and um it just gets you into this deep deep state of relaxation and in those moments like when you're coming out of it you're like oh i just want to stay here forever but my experience is once you get over that you feel so energized yeah and you literally do nothing except for lay on the it's, there's no stretching or anything mm-hmm. involved which is really what you know is good for us too yeah I think one of the things that sticks out in my mind the most for the yoga again i i do go begrudgingly but i do see its value um i'm so but, glad that you go i yeah. love it you're on the yogi triathlete podcast yeah, i am you're a yogi triathlete <laughs> oh trying. god but the 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 different um like body types of women who go to yogi oh yoga, yeah at, at least at, um laughing elephant down there oh gosh and yeah s- s- like it's again it's the same thing that i've experienced in triathlon like and i see myself 
you know, I walk in the room, I'm like, I'm going to be the, the worst person in the room. I'm the biggest person in the room. And then you see somebody else and, and she blows you away and she's, she's doing splits and hand balances and, yeah. and everything. And you're like, she's 250 pounds. Like, how yep. is that possible? And I'm like, go you, whoever you are. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's inspiring in yeah. a way but intimidating thinking I should be doing more I should I should be able to touch my toes <laughs> yeah I mean it doesn't discriminate and that's what I love about yeah. triathlon too it doesn't discriminate it's yeah. all shapes and sizes like everybody come and it's your race this is your path like it's your life it's nobody else's and this is like really like the birthplace of yogi triathlete because we were living in Boulder and um, I have been I've been practicing yoga for a long time my first class was in the early 90s in Jamaica and um, for the I did it really for the physical practice for many many years and now for me it's like the mental pieces is, is everything but um, I'm in Boulder and I'm a massage therapist and I'm you know treating a lot of uh, athletes and I'm recommending yoga to them and nobody's going they're resisting it they don't want to go and I'm and I know at that time because there's a big yoga scene out in Boulder I'm sure there was plenty of them doing it but I remember one day being like, oh my gosh, like I'm the only triathlete I know that does yoga. And this is, and I'm like, but the thing about it is that the two um, have so many similarities, even though they're so different. But once I started getting into longer distance triathlon, even, um, I realized that they brought me to the same place that I, I had to get away from the body and into something higher to kind of get through all of it, whether that's the po holding a long pose and feeling a lot of sensation in my body or, you know, running through that blister when the skin just sheared off and you've still got another 10K to go, you know, and so it's like it's finding that contentment and I found that yoga has given me the tools to be so much more graceful in my racing on the course. Yeah, I'm not there yet. <laughs> it's a, I, like I said, I've been practicing for a long time. Yeah. And I would say it's been about like um, maybe five years that I've really like gone through like a like a lot of transformation in that sense and realized that wow I can finish an Ironman with ease and not um, that doesn't mean I'm not feeling pain. Heck yeah, I'm feeling pain. I'm feeling a lot of it, but I'm seeing it in a total. I, I relate to it completely different. But the first you know whatever, 15, 18 years of doing yoga was like, I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to be the best. Oh, wait, hold on. That girl's doing it better than me, you know, and seeing it as yeah. the competition, yeah. right? Which was why triathlon was so great for me because <laughs> I was like, whoa, this actually is a, co a competition. This is great. Um, so it's, it's, we're all on our own timelines, right? And so like I had 53 people in my class this morning and I'm, um, and I'm just speaking to them and I'm looking and there's different ages and, you know, there's whole families that are coming. It's amazing. And I'm just, I'm speaking like whatever the teachings are that are coming in that present moment. And I just know like there's it, like maybe there's just one person here that's supposed to hear that. And everybody else is just, you know, there for a different reason or they hear another thing. And it's, it's, um. Like, we're always exactly where we're supposed to be. You know, you're supposed to be on that mat. Like, there's something there for you. And mm -hmm. I think that you're, you're, like, you're starting to see that. Like, you see the benefit of it. Yeah, I think the, the best benefit um, is just making you stop. Yes. For, um, Huge. You know, you're not with the cell phone. You're not with, you know, anything else. It's just, you're just there. And the, the last three minutes where you're just relaxing and taking it all in i forget what they call that oh shavasana yeah i used to think that was such a waste of time yeah, exactly but it's, it's, 
<laughs> but it's actually pretty good. Um, it's it's pretty. It's okay. Yeah, yeah it's pretty I good. I have this thing, and it's a really bad. Habit. I'm gonna get you that shirt. There's a shirt that says, "I'm here for the shavasana." <laughs> He's thinking you need that. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> but I, I kind of liken it to this bizarre habit that I have. Um, I spend a lot of time in my car. Like I get home at the end of the day, working out from yoga, from the gym, swimming, wherever. And before you go to the mailbox and get your mail, before you come in the house and do the laundry and feed the cats and, and you know, organize your work day, before any of that happens, I sit in my car. It's like this cocoon where, where nothing is happening. It's, it's kind of the shavasana. Yeah, like you, um, sh- you shut the car off and there's like that moment where it goes there. into silence. Yeah. Well, it can turn into an hour or so, but that's I'm working on that. <laughs> well, you know, when we pulled up to this house, it is such an amazing sanctuary. Like, I think we might just pitch our tent in the backyard and stay here. <laughs> it really is. Like, just to, to pull up to this house, it's so, so Very beautiful. Very fortunate. It's, 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 uh... <laughs> It's, but yeah, I mean, funny. that's, that's yoga. Like yoga doesn't, isn't reserved. I, you know, I say to people like, don't just reserve yoga for special occasions where you pre-register and you, you know, you bring your mat. Like it's for all things. It's for all things. I have an idea. It just came to me. We should have a, a car yoga, like cassette you put in your car and you just sit in the wheel and, and <laughs> yeah. in those moments before you moments walk into before the- you walk before the kids and the laundry and the calgon and all that you just sit in your car and have like 10 minutes of reflection you know yeah. roll your head you know stretch your feet totally and, and then then you can face the rest of the day i think you're gonna create this exactly i think I'm you're gonna, gonna create this it. i'm gonna patent it um well this you know i've been giving this talk on stress in the workplace and you know, oh actually it's called mindfulness in the workplace and it's about stress and so that's one of the tips that I give people is just transition wisely. When you're walking to your office, like park a little further away, don't take your phone out, just put it in your bag and feel yourself walking into the office. Like it's these transitions. And because so much of, um, of our struggle, I think, in life is like what we're bringing into the moment. And like, what are you bringing in? Maybe something that happened in the morning, you're still kind of festering and thinking about it. Like, are you bringing that into the office? It's like this idea of transitioning wisely. And like when you pull up to your car, okay, work is now done. Transition wisely. Come on in and see cat number one and other cat. And <laughs> and um, and transition into this amazing sanctuary that you have as a home. So that's, I mean, you're, you're practicing yoga, I think, more than you probably know already. Exactly. I love it. I can't exactly. wait for you to tell me. <laughs> I just finished an Ironman with ease. <laughs> Pain is only sensation until you label it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I don't know if I have another Ironman. I mean, what one did you do? I did Beach to Battleship. Oh, nice. Which I, is like a now Ironman. Yeah. It's like the yeah. branded Ironman now. But I had a favorite race. It was called the um, 100 Mile Try, which was ideal for me. It was in, yeah. it's in Lake Ontario. And um, you had one mile swim, 84 on the bike, which is my favorite. And then only 15 on the run. Again, I wasn't training for it more than a half Ironman or half marathon, which again was my seven mile <laughs> run. And wasn't that really... So you did that race... Was that your hundredth, like, to get you into the? Because you're in the USAT, the Century, the Club. Century Club. Yeah, yeah. I, I timed it. It was funny because I think I had had seventy races. At, I remember at one that point. year you were going for it. Yeah, too. and then they said, "Well, you can get hundred races and get in the Century Club." I said, "All I have to do is thirty races in a year. I can do thirty races in a no year. No problem. Why not? Why not?" But so I timed it because the hundred mile try was at. Um, it was in October. It was in early October. And um, I figured, oh, gosh, I've lost 100 pounds. I could do the 100-mile try as my 100th race if I time it correctly. Oh, my gosh. So that's when I was Perfect. doing two races a weekend, every weekend for, like, like I don't know, it was, like, 
15, 18 months. Coaching yourself. You didn't have to battle with anybody about racing too much. And I went to a lot of fantastic (laughs) places. Um, A lot of, you know, great races. Montauk and a lot of places. It was great. Um, That one sounds like a good one. So what, um, yeah, let's get back. I want to get back to the recovery piece because I think it's such a big thing for athletes. So when you're in the height of the season, what... How do you recover? Like, how, how is it that you can bounce, is what I'm saying. Like, how, how is it that you can bounce from a race, train, and then do another race? Or are you still kind of working that out with Amy? Have you gone through a full season with her yet? Yeah, yeah. So how did she, how did she work it with you last year? I, honestly, I tried to do everything that she said, so I don't know if it's um, – I don't know. I, I felt like I was training – less than I was myself because when I was doing my yeah own, you probably were because she saw the the efforts that you're putting out in these races so that's what I'm saying it's like how do you still train like you're training something's got to give yeah and it was probably your training like you had to give that well, a little training bit the races that's you know train doing the race. <laughs> I, I call it you're training with people like a timed group event with people and right yeah there you go. Training. Have, yeah. And support. They give you water. You know, it's, it's great. You're such a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I don't know. I just. Um, Seems like you're made to race. Like, I think you're just made to race. Like, but um, but how do you feel in the days afterwards? Are you like, do you feel like you bounce pretty good? I must be. I have insomnia. So I really, I you know, it's. I, I don't feel like horrible. Yeah. Really. I mean. Like even after like the marathon, I, I, I didn't feel like the next day. I think it's like two days, and I think I had some recovery or something, you know, bike ride or something like that. But like you would think that you feel you would feel worse. Yeah. But um, yeah. And I've had injuries. I mean, maybe I, that I wouldn't have had. Um. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's not good. But I've had a good team that I've kind of put together with you know Amy and. I started working with this uh, nutritionist as well. And that's oh, great. Been, that's been fantastic in the past. I started with him um, December, and he's a bodybuilding coach, which is a... Uh, oh, they've got their nutrition dialed. They do, as I always said, if you want to learn how to lose weight, gain weight, um, build muscle tone, ask a bodybuilder. It's all they, about the diet. They know exactly what they're doing. And yeah. So Dave Finelli is the, is the guy I work with. I actually met with him twice, and he gave me a diet plan, and the type A that I am, I've just stuck with it. And it's my body composition has just changed fantastically. Um, I look smaller. I'm yeah, you faster. don't. You don't. I yeah. mean. Yeah, people are like, you're Athena? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I really am. I know. Um, she's got, people can't see her. She's got this like, sexy little dress on. Well, I never get to wear dresses. That's why I was like, I'm not in spandex. I'm not in my pajamas. I'm wearing a dress. <laughs> it's so cute. I love it. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't look at you and be like, oh, you're just going to go have fun out there. I'd look at you and be like, oh, my God, this lady's going <laughs> to haunt me down on yeah. the race course yeah. and beat me. Well, it's kind of funny, though, because like racing as a female, like, I think you open yourself up to p- people making comments on your weight. Like, like you don't look Athena or you're, you know, and I, it's it's kind of a double edged sword with that. Yeah. I mean, what does an Athena look like? What, what's, what, what do you mean by that statement? Yeah, why is it so set out of the bounds like it's so just the it's so weird maybe because it's weight determined is why it feels like but these questions are not being asked to like people don't say to me like oh you don't look 44 or oh you look 47 or are you sure you're in the right age group yeah did you do the whole course yeah i mean they the reality is at nationals and larger events they do weigh you you have to sign an affidavit it's not 
it's not just a guess. You know, I mean, it's a qualification. Right. Just oh, yeah. Like prize Absolutely. Fighters, it's just like whatever it is. So, I mean, there's no there's no lying about it. I mean, it, yep. if you're, you're in or you're out. So, um, I don't know. It just, it's very strange. And I, I have experienced things before where um, like friends have said after I, I've won a race, like, well, if you're if you're winning the overall, you shouldn't be racing as an Athena. Like, like an Athena shouldn't win. Like, wh what do you mean by that? Like, you don't, you don't view them as serious contenders. And again, don't count us out. Just because you're larger doesn't mean you're not competitive. And I, yeah, that doesn't even make sense. Again, it's like putting, it's like putting it out of the bounds. Like it's this, um, it's like this age group that's infiltrating the rest of the race. Yeah. And that's not true at all. It's just another category. And I do admit I have used it to my advantage sometimes. <laughs> like you'd be running a race and you'll be passing someone and, and I'll say, oh, oh, don't worry about me. I'm racing as an Athena. And like, because you, you're passing them and they're, oh. they're like, they try to speed up. I'm like, you don't, you don't have to pass me because I'm not racing against you. But then they're like, wait, 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 you're an Athena and you're passing me? And then the, this different kind of panic sets in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, see ya, kind of a thing. Exactly. But uh, I don't know, it's just very charged. Like people have said over the years, you know, I don't think you should be racing as an Athena anymore if you're, if you're winning. But what's, what does that mean? I proudly, you know, yeah, I proudly register as an Athena. As long as I can, I will. Yeah. Um, and that's just the bottom line. Because I really just think it's the, those worlds for respect and for for all of us i mean yep. whether you're 400 pounds or whether you're right on the line i think it does opens people's eyes to say yeah you know you're an athlete out here working just as hard as everybody else you paid your entry fee the way i look at it any, it's anyone's race any day like it's the, anyone's the race athlete any day or the 115 pound athlete you all pay your entry fee you all toe the line it's and it's go like who knows what's going to happen i mean it was funny it's last year yeah it's exciting i challenged a friend of mine to a race and it was totally it was a joke because she has done fantastic fantastically um, at Kona and places and it was really for a charity bet I'm saying you spot me 45 minutes and uh we'll you know we'll throw it down and see you know if, if I win I'll donate to charity if you win you donate to charity and I had no aspirations like she's like a 430 kind of a half Ironman girl and I'm like there's no way like my best was like a 530 so we go down and, and people towards the end of the race so like you know you're you're ahead of her you know she hasn't come by or whatever and I said no, it's actually ridiculous. You're absolutely crazy. It turns out that she had gotten lost on the course. And um, so I did technically by time beat this person. But it, it just for me, it's kind of um, it was funny, but it was more like, again, don't count us out. Like anything can happen on any race day. Like anyone, you yeah, know, you could get lost on the course. You could get a flat tire. You know, I mean, like, um, you know, there at the Kessler, like she ended up walking, like it kind yeah. of like it can happen to anybody, you and so never know. don't sell yourself short. Just go out there and do the best you can. And like even today, like I thought, like I generally thought until they called the awards that I was in second place, and I was okay with that until I was like, wait, wait a minute, how how did that happen? Like mathematically, I don't know how that happened, mm -hmm. but I was glad it did. But um, I mean, anytime we get to the finish line and we're safe, especially when you're talking about multi-sport and you're talking about people whipping around a speedway track yeah. and people walking, like anytime you can finish something like yeah. that, safely cross that finish line, the accomplishment is done. Yeah. Everything else is just a bonus. I used to always say that, you know, the race day is the day where you just go the last, say, last 140 miles, you just go pick up your medal kind of a thing. It's really... It's, it's the, the dessert. It's the whole training and, and everything that led up to that point which is why like a lot of people get upset with the, the dnf or like they like i finished in 1659 it's like no you finished you did all of that training for months and sacrifice with your family and your friends oh and, so and much and all of that and you made it like you 
you did the event and so be proud of yourself like I it's, it's amazing yeah and again it's that ego that wants to come in and beat you up and um and I think that triathlon just by the nature of the sport forces us to believe in ourselves a little bit more and um, we're more similar than we are different and if you kind of peel away the weight and the age and the face and all of that like we really at our core are so um so much more similar than we think and that we're all kind of fighting this battle of life you know and um that I love that about triathlon is that you know you're doing I remember my first triathlon I remember doing my first it was a sprint it was a pool swim and just be crossing the finish line being like I did three different things like one of my favorite things is transitioning I love to you're like okay that's done I get to do this now like it's just so amazing multi-sport is so amazing in that and I think that it's such a growing sport and it's so big um, and this happened in in Boulder a lot too. Like it just gets normalized, and it's like it's a major accomplishment. It really is because it's so much more um, than the race. It's all the training yeah. and everything that goes into it, and the discipline, and the eating, and you know, getting up when you're tired and going out there and getting the work done. It's funny though because I think you you identify with this as well. But uh, at some point when you're a triathlete, which I kind of hesitate saying that because you know, oh, I don't yours. feel like a triathlete but uh, <laughs> like all of your friends are triathletes and so um whether you know it's just who you hang out with it's who you talk to it's it's just your life yeah um, but it's, in some respects that can kind of diminish what you're doing yes absolutely like, like you think that like okay I finished in 1555 and so I'm not no if you go down to the corner and you pass 20 people none of them have done anything close to what you did in 1555 like you just need to stand up and be proud of what what you've done um yep it's major. yeah yeah and when I remember when we moved back here so we lived here before in Newport then we moved to Boulder where we got into triathlon and um, the whole reason why I did my first Ironman was because I was the only woman I knew that hadn't done one. And all these other women have kids. Yeah. Like, they have kids and they're, like, out there, you know, training with, like, two kids and a stroller. And I was like, oh, my God, I have no excuse. I got to do this. <laughs> and, um, and I remember when we moved back here and we were, um, you know, getting back in with our friends and things like that. Was It was so amazing just to like go and have dinner with friends and not talk about triathlon. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then, of course, we meet, we find out that Fuel Belt's here, and then we meet Vinu, and then this whole crew, and now all of a sudden it's like, now we're going to all the triathlon parties. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not, it's a, you know, it's a first world problem. It's not that big of a deal, but it, it is so, it was so nice to come back and just find that separation because. For so long, it was just, it was everything we did. And I know BJ loves that. I needed just a little bit of a, a break. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite there yet. I, mean, I had one person ask me, well, what if it was all, because I, I was working through an injury. Like, what if what if that was it? Like, what if you're done? Like, what, if, <gasps> like, what would you do like, on a Saturday evening or a Sunday evening if you didn't have triathlon and you're not recovering from having done? What would you do? And I'm thinking, huh. I don't know. Find another what sport. I do. Like on my recovery day, I play tennis. Like, okay, I play tennis. <laughs> There's got to be something else. I guess I'd go to Wimbledon. Yeah, I mean, I, I what else? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so what is like, so this is a good segue to this question. Like, what is it that keeps bringing you back? Like, what is it? The shiny medals and the balloons. <laughs> yeah. When I walked in here, you've got um, a whole hall of fame. How many medals do you have out there? You think? Um, well, well, we know over a hundred at least. The, well, I mean, 
again, so I've raced a lot, and I think I've not placed in terms of triathlons. I think I've come in fourth, maybe twice or three times. Oh my god! So there's a lot of you're so meant for this. So so yeah, there's a lot of cups out there. Um, but I love them all. I remember them all. Um, it's not just because I'm boastful or whatever. I just, I really, for me, it's a, no, it's the it's, real it's, deal. It's, I'm it's, looking at the hardware right now. <laughs> it's the real deal out there. It's, it's been, a, it's saved my life on all honesty. It's been transformative and it's been like the best thing for me because it has to do with self-respect and, and not just challenging your own limits, but, but learning to believe in yourself. And like, I think I have a stone in the front that says believe. And I, it, that's like one of the messages I'd love to pass to people. Like believe in yourself. Um, and I'm on a, path where I'm trying to believe in myself yeah. I still don't believe I'm thinking what's what's it going to take uh, sometimes I, I when I get introspective thinking what's it going to take Leslie for you to think that you're good enough yeah like, like how much do you have to, to do like when when is enough enough for you I think it's a, it's a practice like um it's a lifelong practice for us to believe in ourselves and it's funny that you that you have that sign because we have our trainers downstairs in the basement and we're taking very, very few things on this trip that we're going on, on this huge life change that we're about to have. And one of the things is this um, sign that says believe. And we have it right on, like, you know, so when you're on the trainer downstairs, you're staring at that, yeah. like, the whole time. And it is. It's, it's. Um, I mean, I can attest to having major unworthiness issues that – you know, tortured me through not always being the nicest person when I was younger, doing things that weren't always so kind, torturing myself with eating disorders, getting, I think, getting into a relationship where, you know, I finally didn't have to be the victimizer that, you know, that I look back now and I see that like, oh my gosh, because I was the victimizer and the victim. But then getting into a relationship I was like, oh, that lightens my load. I don't have to abuse myself so much anymore. Yeah. And um, and then finding triathlon and feeling the exhilaration and and then because you're out there, you're stripped down, you know, to like, oh my God, I have to finish this race. You're in pain. Like I said, you have to go beyond like body and mind, and you really get a good look at yourself. Yeah. And what I saw was, wow, I can do anything, like. Who am I saying that I'm not worthy? And I think as humans, we, we're conditioned. We're conditioned just from our society to feel as though we're in a state of lack. Oh, hi. Is this cat. kitty nice? That's the other cat. Yeah, he's nice. Oh, why don't you come up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're con- if you look at everything, just from marketing, advertising, it's always like, you need this, you need this. And that really starts to um, tra- like translate really deeper and and re like it just hangs on that piece that I think a lot of us have in common is just this yeah. when am I going to be good enough and yeah. so um and then I've noticed like um, and I again I hate to turn everything back to the Athena group but I, it's I it's my soul yeah <laughs> but, no this is what it's about it's about sharing your story but I think that um it hurts me a lot because I've lived it and I do live it when um people come and they they, they reiterate tales about not feeling good enough and not feeling like their their body is is good enough and um, someone will have said some comment about you know you're too fat or this and that like even my own um relatives i won't name any names but who said well maybe you're too fat to run or things yeah things like that and like 
as Athena athletes, we hear that all the time. Wow, just, that's so I, harsh. Yeah, and then like you hear people saying, like, if I could just lose 40 pounds and the crazy diets that they go on, and, and I, my heart just goes out because, again, it's I've been there. Again, it's like I, I struggle with it myself, but it's it, when you see it in somebody else, you yeah. want to... You want to give them a big hug. Well, you got you're, you're compassionate because yeah. you felt that suffering, right? And that's what compassion is all about. It's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I mean, I actually, I think I mentioned to you that on the uh, the Athena page, I have every now and then invited um, well-known athletes to come and speak with us. And like mm-hmm. recently, we had Ellen Hart, who is a Olympic qualifier, and she's an age group athlete and a Kona winner. And uh, she had a TV movie where she stopped talked about her. Um, struggle with eating disorders and over, over time on the Athena page I had hear, heard a lot of women um, express the same kind of angst about body uh, being uncomfortable in their bodies and it's the same thing it's universal regardless if you're larger or smaller exactly and so I invited Ellen to come speak with us um, and it was it was very well received and I was kind of unsure thinking gosh are they really gonna get what my point is by connecting people together like it's this everyone's struggle um, because she's such a high performing you know smaller athlete and like other you know, yeah they're not you know so um for me it resonated i met her in australia and i just connect connected with her right away and so there's been others over time that we've had come speak with us but it's the same story it's like how it's the same story and i bet that i could relate to a lot of the um issues that some of the women that are sharing and it um you know it's like what i was saying about when i teach yoga some i just i don't have a plan of what i'm gonna say like words just come out and as the class is hearing them and i trust I just trust like they're for somebody and maybe Ellen's message was for somebody or maybe it was for a large amount of people you don't know but it's like if you find that in your heart like I've got to bring this to the group bring it to the group and I know you had um Nicole de Boom which I know from Boulder um I met her um oh gosh so long ago um and used to be an ambassador for skirt sports she's amazing mm-hmm. she is such um such mm-hmm. an amazing uh, businesswoman and athlete. And she then, just opened up a store in Boulder. Yeah, she just yes. opened up a store. Yep. And then um, Hillary Biscay. Yeah, which she's been fantastic. She's amazing. And she, um, I love her. And I remember after I finished Ironman Lake Placid 2012, you commented on my Facebook and you said, that's a great kit. Like, where did you get that kit? And um, it was Smash Best Queen, which their try stuff is amazing but yes. share with what um hillary did to kind of support you know your group She's and what been the fantastic yeah like the the um, information that you shared with her like yeah there's a woman on the page Kristen or winstead and i'm not sure where she she lives but she um worked with um with um hillary to extend the sizes for smash fest and so now they come up to 2x um and a, a legitimate 2x and so I mean, we're all women. Like, I mean, yeah. not all women like pretty things, but a lot of women like pretty things. Oh, and her and stuff is amazing. It's amazing, and it fits well, and it's high quality. And, and the personal touch that they do, like I remember um, last year before Nationals, um, I had ordered a kit because um, they had a, a, a pre-order for, for us, and so I ordered a kit for, um, for Nationals. And she sent me a pair of socks um, in there and a little handwritten note, good luck at Nationals. And I just felt like, oh, my gosh, she actually really thinks about me as a, like a, a person and and. Again, the whole tri community has been fantastic. Like people like um, 
like I said, Meredith Kessler, like I'm amazed. Like so many times I'll, I'll write a note to her and I never expect any kind of a return back. Yeah, like, I hear she's the just a doll. Race, I'll say, good luck. And she'll write me like, she's like, tell me about qualifying for Boston. And I'm like, how did you even know I was running Boston? Because she actually reads your Facebook page. Right. Or, or like Heather Jackson. I'm completely obsessed with her. Oh, she's um, such a badass. She, yeah. She won today. Did you oh, see that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. So that was, see, but people like that. And Caitlin Snow, she's been fantastic. Yep. Um, but just the accessibility. Um, and the acceptance that people have made me feel that way. That's how I really want to extend the arms yeah. to the greater Athena community thinking. Like if you're just even thinking about it, um, this is for you. Don't let anyone else tell you that it's not for you and that you don't belong, that it's you, you do it in two years, do it now. Like, I mean, really it's, changed my life like seriously changed my life yeah and so I yeah I mean you've had a huge transformation so when you ran that first half marathon you were much much heavier than you are now um and so what how like that that obviously was a part of the story that transformation but how did you did you lose the weight as a byproduct of the sport did you lose that like what was the the impetus for that major weight loss in your life because I think this is a question that people yeah. are going to want to know the answer to. You know, I don't, I, I think it was really the end of that relationship that kind of set me straight. I had given up so oh, much God. of my, myself. I was, um, mm-hmm. I'd been in the junior league and I was told that that was not something I should be doing. I was in the orchestra at Brown University. Oh my gosh. Just too much time, you know, like whatever. I was taking pro- tennis lessons and I was in a tennis league and that was too expensive and frivolous and there was nothing I was doing that was right. Like my silverware wasn't right. I mean, I look back and I have And this is really helping with the believe in yourself This was, it was, it was, I felt, and again, maybe it was a product of my insecurity and my perceptions of the relationship because I'm, you know, I'm still friends with this person today and our relationship is much better. Yeah. I think it was more of my own insecurity, but I felt like I had given up a lot of my myself yeah and my friends had said we don't like who you are in this relationship like really oh god um, i we heard don't that like too. you so um i think at that point in time i really just needed to get back to myself and i had been in bodybuilding um you know i want to say like three or four years before that and i really loved that focus and drive and and um it just somehow shifted into triathlon with the new friends that i was hanging out with and i just kind of stuck and it, it's it really was. My first race was the, the Falmouth Sprint Try, and I'm, I never forget. Oh, that's a great race. Yeah, I've only, I've done it a couple times. There's a couple two stories for, from that one that I, I really remember. That um, my parents um, are from Buffalo, and the Cape is what 600 miles away. Yeah, it's pretty far from Buffalo. Yeah, my parents drove in, got a hotel in Falmouth in the summer, and watched my first. Oh my god, triathlon. a hotel room in the summer in Falmouth is probably eight million dollars. <laughs> but the fact that they did that was like. Like it just meaningful to me. I'm thinking, yeah. like looking. It wasn't meaningful when they did it. I was kind of annoyed. It, like, like, ugh, like, why are they like? You know, they believed in you. But it was more like in retrospect. I'm thinking that was major. Like they really, like I don't really invite them to my races because it's kind of boring. Like I mean, I'm sure they would love to come. My mother actually, she loved going to Athena Nationals last year. But it was more because of the way, like my, the people that I had not met from Facebook, how they reacted to me. Oh yeah, saying, well, oh, yeah, God, you're her. Da- oh like, yeah, like, oh, oh she loved. She <laughs> ate that up. Yeah, yeah, that's great. so great. But the other story from Falmouth, I remember uh, you're talking about the transformation. I had run that as my first triathlon, and then I think I ran it like the next year, or I think that was the, the New England Triathlon Tour, and they had had like they had Falmouth and Hyannis. Yeah, those were the bo- those were the without yeah. limit. 
Kermit's boys. Exactly. That, yeah, yeah, we used Colorado. to. Yeah, yeah, we used to race their races in Boulder, and then boom, there they are, Lance and Tony, like in yeah. Cape Cod. We were like, oh, this is amazing because yeah. they run a great race. Yeah, they do. They do. So I remember I was running that race, um, and again, the, the last it's three point five miles, and I remember this guy comes up running up behind me, and uh fast age group or do like random whoever and he says i remember you from the spring and he's running by me through me you know how and yeah. having this whole conversation he goes you look fantastic keep up the good work and it faded like the doppler effect into the distance as he passed me and i was like wow like he remembered me like i was noticed and i felt like i felt a part of it at that minute i, I wasn't i probably had lost like 60 pounds or something between the first you know in the spring and then the fall or whatever that races were but um he remembered me. And again, there's not too many black women who run these races in New England, and so I'm sure I stuck out, but it, it meant something to me. And yeah. I don't know who he was, but it was sort of like, wow. And I, I don't know, they just, things like that, they just stick with you. Yeah, and you're out, and that's what I, like, yeah, the, those potent moments. I talk about those potent moments a lot. and um, But that's what I love about this sport is that somebody can be pushing it breathless and still be like you know I always hear it like great job awesome whether they're passing you or you're passing them yeah like it's I feel this um like everyone wants you to succeed yeah you know the one thing that does concern me though like the, the I'll call it the more compact I get is the way I like to describe it um I always you know shout out kudos and high five to the Athena triathletes and Clydesdales and I think it's it's in some respect, it's better received if you look more like a Clydesdale Athena than if you don't. And so I kind of wonder how that is received. I know, and but you... Some people are like, why are you, th you think I can't make it? Because that's why you're congratulating me? It's no, because I am you. That's why I... And I think if you look to... Um, like I, I think of Christine Jacobson, who is a local age grouper. She wins a lot. and She was an Athena. Um, she's on Team USA all the time. But if you looked at her, this blonde fit triathlete, and and she, you see her saying, yeah, you might misperceive what she's saying. And she's speaking from the heart. Like, yeah, like I have been where you are, and I get your struggle, right. and, and I am you. And so I think it's important on both ends to give the respect and, and to um, accept it, basically. Yeah, you, to, yeah. To, well, in the accepting yeah. – has so much to do with believing that it's meant for you yeah. in a in a loving way and so all you can do is go out there and do that from your heart and so I mean and for me too like I am you like I have struggled like I have struggled with body image significantly through my life awful 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 stuff and um like I am you and you are me like this is the connection that I'm saying and so all we can do is just speak it from the heart and show that like that true nature that we are and however they receive it is going to be how they receive it but they could receive it like you did that day when that guy went by you yeah. you know you just never know it's better to put it out there than to not say anything at all yeah, yeah. because it really takes a healthy mindset to be able to receive someone's compliments and oh someone's, gosh like i don't know if you call it grace or whatever whatever you want to define it as but if someone's taking time out of their day to say good job just say thanks and don't, yeah, just don't, say thanks. don't internalize it thinking, what does he really mean? Because he yeah. really just means good job. You don't know where that person came yeah. from. You don't know what he, he could be a priest and just uh, be exactly. just a good guy and saying yeah. that. You know, you just really need to embrace it. 
Exactly. You don't know the story. You don't know the story behind the person. And so this belief that we're more similar than we are different. And then if I've had a struggle that somebody else probably has had that same struggle, yeah. you know, to some degree. Um, so yeah. So how was that weight? Like you said, between those two triathlons, you had lost maybe like 60 pounds. How is that weight coming off of you? Like what are you, did you change your <clears throat> eating habits? Like what was going on? Um, you know, it's, it's funny because um, I will say I started 2008 and most of it, um, I think I reached my 100 pound goal in 2012. So today it's 2016, it's only four years ago. Um, today, this lifestyle is such a part of my life. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. I, I don't, exactly. like, I, I could tell you how to gain weight really fast, just eat really bad foods and don't move. Um, um, I laugh at myself sometimes. I look at, like, uh, I remember the foods that I use, like uh, those Entenmann's cheese babka that was really good yeah that's not even <laughs> that's food really good i know but i'm just saying like um but like it's i think it was after the marathon i was the um providence one i was thinking okay i trained all this through the winter and i could have a cheat meal i could have anything i, I want what did i have i had broccoli because i yeah. really wanted it and i really and i didn't want it took me like maybe a week before i said you know leslie you could have a piece of chocolate and I'm not like a restrictor in that way, but I was just, I just didn't want it. And I finally it feels had, good to feel good. Yeah. And I had, um, I went to Buffalo and they had this thing called sponge candy, which um, mm -hmm. is really good if you've never had it. Um, <laughs> it's like this molasses spongy thing and they dip it in this thick chocolate by Althea's and, uh, you bite into it and it just kind of shrinks in your mouth. But, um, so I, um, I had three pieces of chocolate and I, it wasn't kind of a, a reward. It was just because I wanted it and right. I should be able to eat what, whatever I want. But sometimes I want broccoli. Right. I mean? More more times than not, I want broccoli. Right. And it's like, and again, it's not the, it's, we kind of said this before. It's like, it's not the food. It's our relationship yeah. to the food. Yeah. And it's, you know, if you want to have those french fries or whatever, have them. But then notice how you feel. Like notice, like it's this, um, it's it's this mindfulness really it's like this mindfulness of of why are you going for that food and how do you feel after you eat it and like we've gone from um you know eating the pizza and things like that first of all post-race food is Awful. i, I, I want to that's going to be my thing that i'm going to patent you're going to do the <laughs> car yoga i'm going to like revamp post-race food because to eat a cheesy greasy pizza after an iron man when your body is in a state of trauma is that doesn't even it's not even logical yeah and so um but it's cheap i mean today at the race they yeah have, but it's they cheap. cinnamon buns and brownies and yeah, rice so, crispy snacks yikes and, and then watermelon watermelon I mean, not, okay say again, but i mean good watermelon not not bad choices but i really shouldn't like that's not your recovery meal well it's not a recovery it's not going to so, recover the body it's going to put the body into an immune response and it's going to cause inflammation in the body is what it's going to do and, um, but we used to do it. Like I used to say that I would, I, not that I used to say, I used to do this. I would run through the finish line, literally, like I would keep running, like, give me my medal, give me the thing, give me the cold rag, boom. And I would run right to the beer time. <laughs> and that's what, that was my finish line. And then I would get the pizza and I would just eat it and blah, blah, blah. And then I'd like have a headache two hours later because I was dehydrated. I had yeah. beer in me. And then, um, like we would eat that stuff. And now like after a race, we have, our go-to is... Um, some kind of like tortilla chips 
And then just like a whole bun, whole mess of like black beans on it with like either fresh avocado or guacamole and salsa. So you get like the salt, you're getting the protein, you're getting fat, and you're getting food that your body recognizes yeah. as food. Yeah. And so it's like, it seems to me like this, like for you, it's just like this feeling good feels good and you want to feel good. You know, I mean, I, I do remember when I was not eating well, um, thinking it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Like if you have a piece of pizza or two or six, it just, the effect is the same. Like you're big, you're, you're going to be bigger. I mean, what's the difference in a way? Um, and it's easy to get in that mindset, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's very, that's a yeah. very self-sabotaging yeah. mindset. But when you're in, you know, bad relationships or, you know, stress, I mean, it, it makes logical sense, but I mean, again, it seems like a lifetime ago, but, uh, Again, it wasn't so long ago in some yeah. respects. Um, and I don't have like this fear of uh, gaining the weight back. I really I don't in a way. Um, but I still have the clothes <laughs> that I wore to my first half marathon. I don't know why I still, still hung on to those things. but. Um. So do you feel like it was just like the, this lifestyle, like you kind of shifted your lifestyle and this sport and kind of the weight loss came from this new lifestyle? Um, it was more conscious than that. I mean, I wanted to be like, <laughs> well, I started with my new nutritionist. I, I wanted to be fabulous by 50 because I had put a few pounds back on um, when I had uh, injuries. This, like last year, 2015, I had a hamstring injury. But um, Oh, that's a tough one. It was awful. That's That <laughs> one takes awful. its and it was time. Hip thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was 2014 was the hamstring, then 2015 was the hip, and it just was not good. But um. Yeah, it's been it's been conscious in terms of wanting to do better for myself, you yep. know, and just uh, I mean, I I tease tease with it a lot. I mean, it's easy for a type A kind of person to get really obsessed about things, and um, I try to check myself with not going over the deep end on it. Um, but again, going back to my old way of eating, my old lifestyle, it's just it's not even fathomable at this point. Like I just I'm a totally different person than I was back then. Yeah. Um, but she is, um, she's given you so much perspective to now inspire and help others. Yeah. That's what I say. I mean, people say, I don't want to see my fat photos. I'm like, I put them up on Facebook every now and then. Um, that is me. Like I, 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 um, most people who've lost a lot of weight, they'll, they'll tell you, I look in the mirror and I still see that person. Um, whether it's like the physical body, like sometimes you'll see yourself and you'll see yourself as really thin and you're like really like I, I don't see myself on I see the, the person who I was still and do you that's, like when you look oh, in the mirror um a lot of a lot of days I still like when I start every time I, I go to a start line even this morning I went at the start I'm looking around checking out the competition thinking thinking what they're thinking thinking oh she's no competition she's the fat girl like on on the line and you then, are not the fat girl I'm looking at you right now in that cute <laughs> little dress you are so not the fat well, girl that's You're, how I feel that's how yeah. I perceive myself yeah um any start and thinking, well, they, they don't, they're not going to take me seriously. Do you think then, that's a motivator for you? Oh, totally. is a motivator. It's like, um, like I love putting the big A on my calf and people are like, what? Um, <laughs> Make it bigger. I want a capital. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but again, that's my own personal insecurities. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. But you see them and you're using it, you're channeling them in, um, you know, in a way that is bringing you more health. And it's bringing you a lot of hardware yeah. <laughs> in the hallway. Yeah. But it's um, great to have a sense of community, too, with a bunch of people who, who get it. Um, yeah. 
really. Um, there's a bunch of women on the page who've also had uh, like weight loss surgery. Um, that was not my path, but I, you know, I, that's whoever you know yep. chooses that. That's you know, works for them. But having a, a resource for tri- I mean, can you imagine being a triathlete with having dietary restrictions? Like you can only eat a cup of food at a time. Like how do you fuel for that? Yeah, how do but you even a whole, do that? Um, you know, subgroup of um, Athena triathletes who've had weight loss surgery who they can rely on one another to. Um, you know, to get through that and to understand that. And, and you're like through this Facebook page, these people are being brought together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that's, that's, the, amazing. that's the best thing about this page. Which I kind of just has that. a life of itself. It seems totally, like totally there's been splinter training groups in different towns. There's like Athena's in, um, uh, Albany. They have their own group. There's like a, uh, uh, Ironman Athena challenge for every month. If you do a, a Ironman in one whole month, they buy, you pay in and you get a medal. Um, <laughs> It's a, it's a different group, but um, my point is like when you have a new person join the, the page, um, I usually I stop their pages to make sure they're legitimate, and it's a lot of work, but it maintains the integrity of the group. So for thirteen hundred women, yeah, me and a few other administrators, we go through the, the ropes and um, basically make sure that they're who they say they are. But well, I'll make an introduction. Say, you know, this is Jane Doe. She's from Wisconsin, and like you can see, people post so much on their page. Like they'll say, "This is my I did my first triathlon this weekend." So I'll say, "This is Jane Doe from Wisconsin. She just did her." Oh, first and people tri- just swarm to that, right? Because they yeah. want to give the support back. Yeah, and I put I steal a picture from her page and I put it on the page, and so people personalize who that person is. And I, the best thing that I love is when someone says, "Oh my God, I'm from Wisconsin too. Do you want to meet and have a bike ride?" Like my friend Melissa, she moved to Los Angeles um, from Georgia. She, she was you know, feeling like she didn't know anybody. But again, there was Athena's out there who said, I'm from Los Angeles. Let's get together and let's go on a bike ride. Um, let's go for a run. Let's go do a Tough mutter. And for me, again, it goes back to that first half marathon where I felt like no one got me. Like I was the only, you know, black person, fat girl at the back of the bus kind of a thing. And when people on the page get together and they post pictures of themselves and they say, Leslie, we, the four of us got together because of you, because of this page and this group. And thank you so much. And for me, that's like, that's, it gives me life. It really, it's, it's what it's all about because it's like coming full circle because I'm like, now you don't have to be who I was and feel I'm getting emotional about it. Like you don't have to feel like I felt that day. Yeah. You're doing, you're doing a really beautiful thing for a lot of people and um, they don't realize how much I get from them. Like they, they're like, it's, it's a two way street. Like of people course. are like, you're so fantastic. I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's us as a, as a group. We're cohesive and, and yeah. just, I can't say enough. <laughs> yeah. And that's that deep connection that we all have, right? It's that deep connection that we all have. And then you start to see people believing in themselves and you start to see people coming together in different areas and believing in each other. And it's like, keep asking yourself that question, like believe in yourself, keep asking yourself, like, why can't I, or I can, you know, it's like this phrasing, like I can believe in myself and keep that. But the going gets tough. Like you just have a whole support system to rely on. Like, I mean, everyone has, you know, demands like families, babies, jobs, like, and it's hard. It's hard to balance. And it's the easy thing would be to be like, you know, I'm just not going to. Yeah. I'm just not going to do it. And then of course, and then on top of it, you have somebody saying you're too fat to run, which is, you know, and I I really believe that people don't, um, they don't know the power of their words and, um, you know, uh, being somebody who is, you know, has been in a very happy marriage for a long time 
the things that people have said to me about not having children, I don't know if they realize how powerful their words are, you know, telling me that I'm never going to know joy in this life or that I'm never going to fulfill my purpose as a woman and that what a shame that you have never had children. And and I, I've been like, okay, like, I don't know, maybe I haven't been really okay all the time, but I, I always just think that um, they just don't know the power of their words, that I'm missing out, you know, all of those things. And um, who's to say that I didn't try and I couldn't. Yeah. And that's the one thing that nobody's ever asked. Yeah. And um, so it's like, I, I am you in that sense that, you know, people have said things to me that have been really sharp and yeah. cutting and um, people very close to me, but they, I just don't, I just, I look at them in, in a way that they don't understand the weight yeah. of, of those words. And it's, it's, how do I relate to those words? I know I can stand on my two feet and, you know, know what I've gone through or what I, the choices I've made and where I am right now. And that all of those things have brought me right now to you sitting here at this table. Yeah. And this is the only moment that matters, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, what are we going to do? What are we bringing to this moment? And what are we going to do moving forward? And that's what it's all about. And everything that happened before makes us who we are right now. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So if you had, um, we've been going for a little while here. Um, <laughs> it's been awesome. But I think this is a, a good place to kind of wrap it up. Um, so I'm going to ask you if you've got one thing to say to that person who, you know, is maybe like, gosh, I wish I could do something like that. But. I, I would say. Leap, jump. Just try. <laughs> I mean, you will never know if you, if you will fail if you don't try. I mean, um, it's not easy, but it's a whole lot of fun. Um, just testing your limits and just seeing, like, pushing yourself beyond. You you have like, people ask me like, what's your next race? Like, what are your goals? I, I don't set up goals like that. It's just kind of like that's kind of putting a, a limit on your potential if you have a goal. Do you know what I mean? I totally so know what you mean. So it's kind of like just just train and be ready and see what happens you just never know and so for that person who would say i would just say believe and have pride in yourself so if you believe in yourself and respect yourself others will do that too and it will build you up and it'll keep you going and that's really what it's for me that's what it's all about believe in yourself and just put out positive energy and just and let just, that be your fuel yeah because anything is possible and yeah. you've seen it and i've seen it yeah and i've done it and so have you Totally. Well, yeah. thank you so much. For, yeah. For this. This, this, is, fun. this is, isn't this fun? <laughs> yeah. This is so fun. I love it. And just um, talk about connection and community. This is bringing us, um, ne you know, probably never would I have come here and sat and had this wonderful conversation with you. So thank you, Leslie, so much. Um, so any Athenas out there who are listening, how would they get in touch with um, you on the Facebook page? It's called Athena Triathletes and Athena Alumna. You don't have to be an Athena currently, just be a supporter. Um, if you request to join the page, we will check you out and we will approve your request. Background you, check. Make yes, sure you're legit. Exactly. We have no haters, no drama. Um, but that's basically it. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm pretty accessible um, if anyone's interested. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, it seems like you're riding the high vibe whether you know it or not. <laughs> you little yogi triathlete, you. Namaste. Right, namaste. I love it. Namaste.
conversation with Leslie Battle. Let us know what you think. Send us comments and feedback and keep the questions and topics for future episodes coming. We are on iTunes now, so you can just subscribe and then we're going to come to you every Friday with a new episode. So you don't even have to think about it. It will just get downloaded right to your iPhone. We are working on something with Android phones. BJ takes care of that, so just look for news about that in future episodes. And um, we are Yogi Triathlete at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so definitely follow us. Have your friends follow us and your family follow us. And whatever you do, keep riding the high five.